Alina, Alexia, Curtis, and Trevor. Are you ready to face the wall? Yeah. This is your wall of bakers. That's what it sounded like a few weeks ago when Melina Shine of Vernon, B.C. appeared on the first episode of The Wall of Bakers Show. It's on the Food Network Canada. And spoiler alert, Shine went on to win the episode and the $10,000 in prize money as the best amateur home baker. Her signature dish was a black and white New York deli-style cookie with an egg cream drink, hearkening back to her childhood growing up in New York. But Shine's Jewish roots extend back to Argentina, where she was born. She's the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors on both sides. New York was where she studied at Juilliard and trained as an opera singer. Then, over 20 years ago, she left the Big Apple behind and followed her husband to his hometown in Vernon. She loved the Canadian scenery, but she discovered how much she missed being surrounded by Jewish food and Jewish people. So coming to Toronto for the taping with its Jewish announcer, Noah Kapp, and two Jewish celebrity judges on her episode, Amy Rosen and Joe Notkin, made a culturally deprived shine feel right at home. So I guess just being out there and and, and being around um, other Jewish people who understood the food and, and appreciated what I was trying to do was, was very heartwarming. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, May the 5th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Melina Shine's appearance on The Baking Show emerged out of a pandemic cooking project to keep herself busy when COVID put her professional opera career on hold. So Shine became the saucy soprano and posted videos of herself singing and cooking kosher Jewish recipes for over a year. And some of those photos are very saucy indeed. She's posed in the all-together, holding up two pieces of strategically placed matzah. Coming up, we'll talk to Melina Shine about the wall of bakers and what's next for her, and what style of bagels she thinks is better, New York's or Montreal's. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Fanny Wedrow in Calgary, Alberta. This is what a Jewish Canada sounds like. A former Canadian from Vancouver had a starring role on Israel's national television networks on Wednesday night. Rabbi Kalman Samuels was the first person chosen by Israel to be in the official torchlighting ceremony for the 74th birthday, Yom Ha'atzma'ut. It was all broadcast live from Jerusalem's Mount Herzl. Samuels immigrated to Israel in 1970. He and his wife Malki went on to found the country's Shelva organization for disabled persons. Their son Yossi was left disabled after an accident, and the Samuels found there were no facilities at the time that could teach disabled kids, so they built their own. Now it's an award-winning center that treats thousands of patients. You can watch the ceremony because I put the link in our show notes. And now, here's an important message. From award-winning journalist Marsha Liederman comes Kiss the Red Stairs, a compelling memoir of Holocaust survival, intergenerational trauma, divorce, and discovery that will guide readers through several lifetimes of monumental change. Marsha was five when a simple question led to a horrifying answer. She asked her mother why she didn't have any grandparents. Her mother told her the truth, the Holocaust. Decades later, her parents dead and herself a mother to a young son, Marsha begins to wonder how much history has shaped her own life. Reeling in the wake of a divorce, she craves her parents' help. But in their absence, she is gripped by a need to understand the trauma they suffered 
and she begins her own journey into the past to tell her family stories of loss and resilience. Kiss the Red Stairs, available now wherever books are sold. And joining us now from Vernon, B.C., is the saucy soprano herself, Melina Shine. How did you get involved with that to start with? And, and like, how did you audition and why did you audition? Very good questions. Uh, right in the height of COVID, when I lost my identity and lost my mind because I'm a live performer, I'm an opera singer, and everything without a moment's notice got shut down. I spent about three weeks on the couch, you know, in the fetal position, wondering who I was and what I was going to do after having been deemed non-essential. And I've always loved to cook. I've always loved to bake. I, when life stops making sense, I feed people just like my mother, just like my Bubby, just like my Zeta. So I thought, you know, who knows how long this thing is going to last. I'm going to cook my way from beginning to end through an entire cookbook. And it everything just sort of the pieces fell into place. I did some research on, you know, different cookbooks. And I knew I wanted to focus on uh, Jewish food, the Jewish diaspora food, because there was so much I wanted to learn. And plus, I have family Jewish family, of course, all over the world, who I thought maybe I could connect with and and get their stories and their interpretation on everything. So I started a blog and I settled on Leah Koenig's The Jewish Cookbook. That's what it's called. And it is The Jewish Cookbook. It is 412 recipes uh, encompassing the, the full diaspora of Jewish food, Ashkenazi, Sephardic, everything in between. And I took 16 months and I cooked my way from beginning to end and, and blogged every recipe, got connected with Leah, actually had her on, on my podcast. We've become friends. And through this process, it just it kept me grounded, creative, connected with family everywhere. And I, I spent the pandemic in, in my kitchen learning and making delicious things and some not so delicious things. <laughs> my poor husband was the guinea pig for all of it. And what about kosherness? Uh, you know, you cook through this Leah Koenig's book. Is, is it a kosher cookbook? It is. And how do you get all that stuff? Because you're in Vernon, BC. It's not oh, easy. Gosh, that's a very good question. There was a lot of Amazon ordering. I'm now a, a Prime Plus member because of because of this project. I mean, yeah, some of the ingredients were very, very difficult to come by. A lot of the very exotic grains and even matzah. Can you believe you can't get matzah in Vernon? I don't love matzah, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. But when when I needed it for a lot of recipes, I had to order it from a specialty place in Victoria. So, you know, like my mother lives in Boca and there's matzah everywhere you go and it's a dollar fifty a bottle. Grove and everyone goes there. Grove and Boca. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So I think a box of matzah for me to get was, you know, with shipping and everything like $40. So I was using this matzah very, very sparingly, like just a little bit of matzah braai, you know, and a little bit of this and that. So is it just a one time, like you can make a tape or something and then they see you if you're television worthy or how, what's the process specifically? Because I had friends who knew that I was doing this, this project. One of them happened to see a, a food network audition post on social media and sent me the link and said, you really should do this. And so 
I guess the rest is history. I, I auditioned, I sent in all of the, you know, the information that they needed and somehow got selected, went on the show and, and baked my tuchus off. Yes. How do you prepare? Like, so when you got uh, the, the nod that you were going to be on, how did you practice for this, this show? Because how are you going to know what they're going to tell you to cook with? Right. So yeah, that's right. You don't. Well, I mean, I, I was devotee of a wall of chefs. So I knew the, the overall pattern of, of the show and the different challenges. So that helped a little bit. Now, the first recipe, the first round of competition was the what's called our, our crowd pleaser. So that was the one dish that we were able to practice at home. But there's no there's no describing just the the adrenaline, the amount of pressure to just see some unknown ingredients and then boom, come up with something and make it in a kitchen that you've never been in before, you know? But if they've got everything you need in the back, I'm sure, right? All oh the- my gosh, everything you need and things that I don't even, didn't even know that I never needed. <laughs> I mean, coming back to my own kitchen after being in that kitchen, it was kind of like, oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, I wanted, I want a blast chiller. I want liquid nitrogen. I want the goggles. I want the, the industrial deep fryer now. In the show, because, you know, I was glued to the TV, of course, you mentioned two or three parts of your family heritage, Argentinian and Persian flavors that you used. Can you tell us a little bit about those, your sort of yichis? Sure. Uh, well, on my father's side, I, so I was born in Buenos Aires in Argentina. Uh, didn't spend much time there. We moved back to New York. So my father's side of the family are all... Uh, from Argentina, all Jewish, and same on my mother's side, but from Eastern Europe. So Poland and Russia were my Bubby and Zeta's places of origin. Uh, so in the household, I mean, there we, there was Spanish spoken, Yiddish, Russian, Polish. The language changed depending on how much or how little my parents or grandparents wanted me to understand or not understand, right? So usually when things got really, we don't want her to know, it, it, we switched to Yiddish. So, and my father was and is a, an extraordinary cook. So he did all of the cooking through my childhood and at an early age, he fell in love with Greece in particular. So I grew up with a lot of Greek food and a lot of Middle Eastern food, a lot of Mediterranean food. I Those are the flavors of home for me. That's that's my comfort cuisine, really. When you were on, you know, you were you were being saucy with Noah, which was cute. A little oh, bit. Yeah. He's Jewish, too. No, yeah, there's a lot of Jewish Tom, a lot of Jewish flavor in that whole show. There's three judges that are Jewish. Yes. Yes, Noah actually uh, sang a, a little bit of his Haftorah portion. It didn't make the final edit, but I was very excited. And then I started singing along to Baruch <laughs> So yeah, that was a nice little bonding moment for sure. Were there any other, you know, the, the five of you got together and, you know, sort of did the little, oh, you're Jewish, you're Jewish, you're Jewish oh, type thing? God, I would have loved that. I would have loved that so much when I was explaining Again, so much of it was a blur because it was it was a long, tiring day. But when I was explaining something about one of my dishes, I think it was Amy Rosen who said, uh, I, I'm she said something in Hebrew. That was it. She said something in Hebrew to me. And um, and then Joe, I believe Joe Notkin did as well. And then Noah chimed in. And yeah, it felt so 
comfortable all of a sudden after that. Or, you know, I don't know why or how that, well, I do actually, it's because I, I came from New York City where, you know, I was surrounded by my tribe and moved to Vernon where there are like, you know, three of us. And so it's, uh, it gets a little bit lonely sometimes. And I yearn for my people. I yearn for a good bagel. Like I have to make my own if I want a good bagel, which is, I mean, this is a sacrifice. Let me tell you. Do you like New York bagels? You like Montreal bagels, which is better. Mm-hmm. Canadian now, Jewish news would like to know. Oy vey. Do I tell you the truth or do I tell you what I think your listeners want no, to you hear? Tell me the truth. Don't forget, I'm in Toronto now and there's different All bagels right. here, which, you know, that's a whole other thing. Well, look, the bottom line is I'm a New Yorker, not born, but bred. And so New York bagels to me are, are like the only bagels worth their, their poppy seeds, if you know what I'm saying, you know, and I've made them all and have I've eaten them. Montreal bagels, yeah. Oh yeah, I have. And they're lovely. They're lovely. Don't get me wrong, but I like the chewy, dense bagel with the little hole and the, the New York water. I am a believer that there is something magical in the New York water, so yeah. Well, right now it's probably COVID, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But ha- now that, uh, you know, the COVID is is supposedly waning, although now we're in wave six, I are know. you able at all to do any professional gigs since 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 the summer or even now? Like, what do you see in terms of, you know, staying in the profession or is that kind of past now because you're doing more cooking? You know, really, there are gifts to be found even in the in the darkest of of times and experiences. And as terrible as COVID has been, as much as I wish, of course, that it hadn't happened, I discovered a whole new passion and joy in my life and somehow developed really a fantastic following with the Saucy Soprano uh, through the blog, through Instagram, Facebook. I don't know why people are following me, but they are. (laughs) And then going on the show on Wall of Bakers, I mean, I've done a little bit of TV before, but this just reminded me, God, I love it. I love it so much. So the dream one day, the ultimate dream, and I've always been a big dreamer, is to be able to combine my professional musical career with something culinary, maybe be some sort of operatic, you know, cooking show host that connects the worlds of music and food, which have so many similarities in bringing people together, sharing stories. So who knows? Who knows? That's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to listener Ellen Thompson of Toronto. She tipped me off to the Israel Torchlighter story. And we'll end the episode with a little clip where you can hear former Canadian Rabbi Samuels being interviewed by an Israeli journalist earlier in the day. The thing that most defines Israeli society for me is the giving, the willingness to look how to give, where to give, how to volunteer. It's overwhelming. Uh, What do you wish to Israel for him next year? I wish the State of Israel to continue in the wonderful road it's leading. (laughs) 